This is a main hustle media podcast. It sounds like one of the names they would have for a monarch. It's like Queen Javia the first, black radical queer, <laughs> Negro women. <laughs> All the way from the A, you listen to my favorite lesbian on BRQ. Hey, stay locked in with your favorite lesbian on black radical queer. Yeah. Hey y'all, this is Javi Nicole, aka your favorite lesbian, and you're listening to Black Radical Queer Podcast, our stories on our own terms. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Black Radical Queer Podcast. I am your host, Javi Nicole. Today, I am going to give a 101 introduction to non-monogamy, <laughs> Okay. So I'm doing that because one of the things that I receive, no, I shouldn't say one of the things, the thing that I receive, the topic that I receive the most questions about is polyamory. People ask, you know, how did you know you were polyamorous? Um, you know, those types of things. But what I primarily get asked is how do you make a polyamorous relationship work? How does this, you know, play out in real life? And so I think for people to really have an understanding of what that can look like, what needs to be understood is this broader umbrella of non-monogamy because polyamory is just one manifestation of non-monogamy. So today I will just kind of go over that umbrella term to the best of my ability. I'm only going to go based off what I'm familiar with. You know, I feel like there are a lot of other things that could probably be encompassed under this, but of course I can only speak from my experience. In terms of sources, because I do want to try to give definitions for some things, any sources that I utilize, I'll make sure that I cite them so that if you want to go do some research on your own, you can do so. So yeah, I'm not proclaiming to be an expert by any means. So let me just put that disclaimer out there. However, I am someone who identifies as polyamorous. I'm someone who has been practicing non-monogamy for many years. (laughs) I'm 31 years old and I've been you know, practicing some form of non-monogamy since I was a teenager. Okay. So I'm just going based off of my lived experience and the subsequent research and everything that I've done to kind of help me learn more and to become a better partner and those types of things. So that's what I'm going based off of. But of course, you know, there are as many opinions as there are people. So I'm not uh, stating this like it's the end all be all. I'm just letting y'all know from my perspective. Okay. So I just want to put that out there. All right. So I want to start by giving like a a definition of non-monogamy and just like, so we can kind of have a framework to look at as we're, you know, considering this umbrella, because it's the thing that binds all the other things I'm going to talk about. It is the common link. It is like the the category that they all fall under. Okay. So non-monogamy is like I said, an umbrella term, and you can define it as interpersonal relationships where individuals may form multiple and simultaneous sexual or romantic bonds. Okay. And so I like that definition. I got that from, uh, it's an article called, have you considered non-monogamy by Kathy Labriola? I thought it was, you know, pretty simple. I like that it did not only limit it to sexual, it said it could be sexual bonds or romantic bonds. Romantic bonds don't necessarily have to be sexual, but you know, individuals can have multiple of those and they can have multiple at the same time. Okay. So that's, you know, what we're working with in terms of non-monogamy. 
Okay, so like I said, polyamory is just one form of non-monogamy that falls under, you know, it's one thing that falls under the umbrella. Now, I identify as polyamorous and I am a, um, I guess the way I would say is that polyamory is my love style. It's not always my relationship style. Okay, so I want to make sure that I differentiate between those things clearly. For me, polyamory is my love style. It is always my love style. I always have the capacity to, um, I always have the capacity to have multiple loving relationships. However, just because I have the capacity to have multiple loving relationships doesn't mean that I always have that. And so that's why I say it is my love style. It is not automatically my relationship style. It has not always been my relationship style now, but it has been, you know, kind of like something that's been practiced off and on. Um, but I just wanted to be clear about that. And that's something that I will circle back to. So I gave kind of like a working definition for non-monogamy. I want to do the same for polyamory. So polyamory is, you have, you know, the word poly and the word amory. So poly meaning many, amor, you know, the Latin amor meaning love. So um, poly is actually Greek like this. Um, I don't think it would be called a suffix, but that particular portion of it is Greek. And then the amor part is Latin. So they had some little... I don't know, fancy shit going on, mixing up <laughs> the roots of the words and stuff, but that's where polyamory comes from. That's where the word comes from. And the definition that I like for it states that polyamory is the practice of or desire for intimate relationships with more than one partner with the consent of all partners involved. And that particular definition is from um, When Someone You Love is Polyamorous by Elizabeth Sheff. Now, I like this particular definition because it specifies that polyamory can be the practice or the desire. And so that's important to me because I can have the desire whether or not I'm practicing it. And that's why what I mean by it being my love style, but not automatically my relationship style at all times. Um, I mentioned before with my wife, uh, for for mo- for much of our relationship, we've been together for seven years. So for mo- much of our relationship, um, it was monogamous. Um, that doesn't mean I wasn't a poly person. I was still poly, but that was still my love style, you know, and I still had the capacity to be involved with other people. But in terms of the practice of it, I was not actively pursuing that or practicing that because I was focusing my attention on that primary relationship, especially considering this person is a monogamous person, mostly monogamous, whatever (laughs) person. So that's the decision I made. So that's why it's my love style, but it's not always how I practice my relationships. Okay. So um, in regards to polyamory, that can look some different ways. So um, you have... You know, some people more so look at it as a, they may look at it as their relationship style at all times, more so than just their love style. It may be both, whatever. But there are things that fall under that umbrella. For instance, there's solo poly. And um, when I had, I had a guest on quite a while back, but I had a guest on who was a solo poly person. And he explained kind of what that meant for him versus me. I'm not a solo poly person. at this time. Like I have practiced solo poly before, but now I have a primary relationship. So, um, you know, once I got with my wife, then I no longer, uh, engaged in like relationships the way that I had prior to her. So yeah, but solo poly to have a working definition. Uh, so folks who are solo poly are people that generally do not have intimate relationships 
that uh, involve primary style merging of life or identity along the lines of traditional social relationship escalator. Okay, so that sounds all convoluted. But basically what that means is that these folks don't typically have what I would call a nesting partner or an anchor partner. And I'll circle right back to that. But so that means that they don't have a partner, a primary partner who they combine finances with, who they may live with, you know, who they engage with in that way. Like they're just like a solo person they they function as an individual and they engage with their partners individually or however they want to get down but they don't merge their lives and that's what the relationship escalator is it's like you know you go from dating someone to like let's say you live together you get engaged you get married you um, combine your finances you have children that's the relationship escalator like kind of hitting those different steps as you climb up in a relationship solo poly people do not um, necessarily uh, subscribe to that so they are not looking to um, to have that with someone. And at one point in time, that was the case for me as well. That changed when I met my now wife. Once we got into a relationship and I saw how we engaged and I saw the type of person she was, um, it changed some some things that I thought were certain for me because I did not plan to get married. I planned to get married and then I let go of that idea and then she came along and made me um, want to kind of like renew my interest in the idea of like getting married and raising kids with a partner and stuff like that. Whereas I had gotten to the point, I had come to a place where I was comfortable with the idea of being a single parent, of not getting married and just being solo poly and having my romantic relationships and stuff, but not having a primary partner. I was okay with that. And then she came along. (laughs) So that's the difference. But for a solo poly person, they're not seeking that. They're not seeking out that person to function as a primary partner, okay? And I mentioned nesting partner, anchor partner. Those are other terms for like primary partner. Your nesting, well, I won't, okay, I don't want to say it like that. Anchor, your anchor partner and your primary partner, those, you know, are pretty interchangeable. Nesting partner is a little different because this is the person you live with. This is the person you have a nest with, you know? So you live together, um, you likely have some joint finances, even if that's not like a joint bank account, that can be joint expenses. You pay bills together, you buy groceries together, you contribute to the same household, you're a part of the same household. Okay, so that's a nesting partner. So my wife is my nesting partner. Um, you can Now, there are poly people who can have a nesting partner who is not their primary partner. That's why I wanted to make sure to clarify that because those things are not interchangeable. Um, typically, from my experience, Anchor partner and primary partner are used interchangeably. They're used like synonyms. But nesting partner, there are folks who their nesting partner may or may not be their primary partner. That just may be their nesting partner for whatever reasons, whether it's like, oh, well, we have children together or this just works for us, but they may not consider that person their primary, you know? So that's, you know, depending on how those particular people decide to navigate their relationship. For me, my wife is my primary partner, my anchor partner, my nesting partner. Um, so yeah, so that's how it works for me. Okay, so another um, another thing that falls under polyamory would be relationship anarchy. So relationship anarchy, and sometimes people will just say RA. And um, so that's the belief that relationships should not be bound by rules aside from what the people involved mutually agree upon. Okay, so this is from Polyamory in the 21st Century by Deborah Annapole. Um, Now, personally, I identify as a relationship anarchist. Now, 
polyamory is my love style. Relationship anarchy is my relationship style. So that's the difference for me. That's not the same for everybody. So for me, that means that my relationship, like for instance, my relationship for, with my wife is based on the boundaries, the qualifications, whatever, the, the qualities that we have given to it are based on what we have agreed upon. So we've agreed to have a household together. We've agreed to share finances. We've agreed to, you know, there are certain things that we have agreed to that no one else gets a say in. And so that's why, you know, when the definition says about is bound, is bound by rule, is only bound by the rules, you know, that the people that are involved agree upon. My marriage is based on our rules. We see people navigate marriage and relationships a lot differently from us, but we don't go based off of anybody else's rules but our own. Nobody can tell us how to navigate our marriage. And I treat it as its own entity. It's its own thing. You know, it's not dependent on whether or not some other relationship works out or whatever. There's no, that is its own thing. And there's no other um, relationship that can like take the place of it. That's where I stand with it. I also mentioned a few episodes back that I have two S types um, I'm a dominant, I have two S types. And so part of me being a relationship anarchist in, in that regard is that my dynamics are negotiated between me and them. My wife is not involved in the negotiation of my dynamics. So that's what I mean by is based on the rules that are set by the folks that are involved. Now, of course, there are boundaries. You know, my wife and I have boundaries in our relationship and stuff like that. So I'm keeping that into consideration. I'm keeping that in consideration when I'm navigating anything. However, that doesn't mean that she, you know, pulls up a chair and it's like, okay, I'm going to be involved in this negotiation. <laughs> I'm going to be involved. In no, that's not just like they couldn't be like, oh, well, you know, you and Courtney are talking about having kids. We want to be involved in the decision. I'd be like, no, <laughs> that is between us. So. That's why I say my relationship style is, is relationship anarchy. My love style is polyamory. Um, I can love someone and not be in a relationship with them. I can love someone and not have sex with them. Like it's not this inherently sexual thing for me either. That's why polyamory is my love style. It's, it's a romantic thing um, and a love thing, you know, more so than it being, it revolved around sex. All right. So. I kind of got some little, you know, working definitions that I've thrown out there. I've mentioned to you all uh, non-monogamy as an umbrella term. I've mentioned polyamory, solo poly, and relationship anarchy. And then I've kind of given you an idea of what um, that means for me in terms of my, how I navigate and what my relationship style is. But um, there are also some other, uh, you know, relationship styles that fall under non-monogamy. And so I want to touch on those as well. So one of those terms is open relationship. And this is something that I feel like people talk about a lot and folks kind of throw it around. And I don't know if they necessarily understand what it means or what their motivation is, but that's their business. But I still want to give a working definition. Now, I looked up open relationship because I already knew kind of what my perspective of it was, which was confirmed by me looking it up. And um I did like a Google search just to see like, what are the definitions that are going to pop up? And um, 
you know, some, some stuff's at open marriage specifically, but open relationship, cause you don't have to be married. Um, but that's kind of where the ter- term started. It started with this idea of open marriages, like in the sixties and, you know, free love and blah, blah, blah. So an open relationship, the, I kind of just came up with a definition based on what I kept seeing and based on what I already thought. Okay. So, um, an open relationship is an intimate relationship that is sexually non-monogamous. Okay. So, and I want to be clear that in everything that I have read and what I already thought based on just what I've experienced kind of navigating non-monogamy, an open relationship is specifically sexually non-monogamous. Okay. So that doesn't necessarily mean romantically. (laughs) That's not an automatic thing. It may or may not be, but it might, you know, from my understanding, when people talk about open relationships, that means that, Hey, each person or one of the people or whatever, however they work it out can fuck other people. That's how I'm used to it being used. And when I did my research, that was confirmed. Like definitions I kept seeing, kept uh, making sure to specify sexual non-monogamy. Okay. Um, and then something else that falls under non-monogamy would be swinging. All right. So give you a definition of swinging. (laughs) Um, and swinging is sometimes called swapping. So sometimes, especially kind of like back in the day or whatever, um, people would say like wife swapping or husband swapping or partner swapping, spouse swapping, you know, swapping and switching, you know? Um, so swinging is Sexual activity in which both singles and partners in a committed relationship engage in sexual activities with others as a recreational or social activity. Okay, and that's from today's alternative marriage styles uh, from the Electronic Journal of Human Sexuality. So they're swinging. Okay, so those also fall under um, non-monogamy, right? So a lot of times people will use non-monogamy and polyamory simultaneously. And which is why I wanted to make sure to use non-monogamy as the umbrella term that it is. Because non-monogamy and polyamory are not synonyms. Polyamory is just one type of non-monogamy. Um, for me personally, I have, you know, I, poly is my love style. RA, you know, is my relationship style and has been for a while. Um, but in the past, I have done solo poly. I've had an open relationship before, um, you know, I've gotten down, <laughs> I guess you could say I've done some swinging. Um, so I've kind of been all over the spectrum in terms of non-monogamy. I have, for the bulk of my uh, time dating, you know, the bulk of my dating life and relationships experiences, uh, for the bulk of that, not all of it, but you know, there it's been off and on, but for the bulk of it, I have engaged in some form of non-monogamy. Um, now there are chunks of time where I have been in a monogamous relationship, um, or there are chunks of time where I was just monogamous and it was kind of more circumstantial where it's like, I just wasn't interested in anybody else, but you know, I've kind of been all, all up under this umbrella, (laughs) I guess you can say. All right. So something that I wanted to, um, mention too, that is also a form of non-monogamy is infidelity. Cheating is non-monogamy. However, it is not ethical, you know, so it's an unethical form of non-monogamy because everything else that we mentioned before, this is with the consent, you know, this involves consent. That C word, you know, it involves the consent of 
the other people involved. Infidelity does not. So it's unethical. Um, it's not polyamory. So a lot of times I see people say, oh, well, this person um, cheated. Maybe they're poly. And, you know, maybe they are poly, but I don't like those things being conflated. Like they're not, it's not automatic. Some people are just cheaters. <laughs> um, it not it may not be suppressed polyamory or suppressed non-monogamy. It could just be a cheater, you know. So um, that that's just that. But and the other thing I want to point out is that infidelity is not exclusive to uh, monogamy. People have this idea that if you are poly, that means you cannot cheat. That if you're in a poly relationship, that means that cheating is not a thing, and that's not the case. If you violate the boundaries of that relationship, um, then there's a possibility for cheating. Like just because I'm a poly person does not mean that it's just a free for all. And that's an assumption. There are like just certain assumptions that come along with this idea of polyamory and non-monogamy that, oh, it's just open season. You know, you're always looking, you're always hunting, you're always available, you're always accessible. For me, that is absolutely not the case. I am absolutely not <laughs> for a big chunk of time um, because I n knew that it was something that my wife had to become accustomed to. I was not accessible. I was not open to engaging in another relationship. I'm like, no, my focus is on her. So it's not this perpetual availability and openness, like not always open and not always looking. Okay. Not always trying to give it out or receive it. <laughs> um, definitely. That's the case for me personally. Yeah. People think that, yeah, like I said, that it's a free for all. And then another assumption that I've noticed too is that people assume that that you know non-monogamy is a way to like save their relationship or like spice it up. And for some people that may be completely possible, but it is not a band-aid. You know, just like you have to communicate in a monogamous relationship, you have to do that in a situation of non-monogamy, probably even more so. So it's not um, a, a cure-all or something like that if you're having some kind of issues in your relationship. Not at all. I would not recommend it. Like, I think that part of the reason why I'm able to navigate, you know, my relationship the way that I am is because my wife and I had a lot of time where it was just us, you know, and um, I think that was important. And so it was very deliberate, you know, to have that foundation. I didn't want to just be throwing other people in the mix and we, you know, don't have our shit together. So that's not, you know, that's not my goal at all. Once, you know, I knew, okay, my wife feels secure in our relationship. I feel secure in our relationship, you know, that kind of thing. Then that, you know, makes a difference to me. So yeah, um, relationship security makes a huge difference. Yeah. But people just think, oh, you know, well, we're having some issues. We're going to just, you know, add some other people in the mix or spice it up or whatever. Or, you know, sometimes folks are like, well, you know, I know that they want to be involved with this other person. Let's have a threesome, whatever, you know, and it's just, it's a slippery slope. You know, it's not, I don't recommend <laughs> zero out of 10 would not recommend. Okay. Um, all right. So I think another thing too, that people, um, that people assume when it comes to polyamory is that all partners are equal and that may be the case for some people, but that is not the case for me. And that's deliberate. I um, think that, you know, what you've invested in a relationship matters. Time, uh, effort, you know, everything, just a overall investment in a relationship. Now, I don't think it would be fair for 
my wife, who I have been with for seven years, who we have merged our lives together and who has shown the fuck up for me in a way that no one else has. Like, ain't nobody touching her. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I think it would be ridiculous of me to have somebody else come along. And I'm like, you know what? They, there's a possibility for them to get to the same, to have the same type of relationship with me that she has. They're not equal. That doesn't make them less than as a person. Absolutely not. That has no bearing on their worth. Absolutely not. But in terms of equality, um, that, that's not how I operate because I don't think that that's fair. I don't think it's fair for someone to be quote unquote equal to my wife who has done all this investing and we've worked on our relationship and stuff like that. That doesn't work for me. Some people operate that way. Some people, they're like, you know, I meet this person, I'm feeling them or whatever. Like they have the possibility of maybe becoming my primary partner. If that works for you, that's great. For me, that would be unstable. I don't like the idea of, oh, well, I could just up and change my primary partner um, on a whim or just like, oh, I'm so in love. So I'm going to just switch all this around. And no, um, I'm not I'm not feeling that. Also, I think, you know, I recognize that I'm coming from my own perspective, which is that I didn't even plan to get married until this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? So ain't nobody taking that spot because it literally is the spot for her because it wasn't even an available spot till she came along. So since that is her her role in my life, I'm not interested in anybody else being in that role. So for me, it's not an equality thing. Like ain't nobody else going to come along that is going to have the same, whose life is going to be intertwined with mine in the way that, that me and my wife are intertwined. You know, the joint accounts, the, you know, nesting, all the kind of stuff. Like it just is what it is. And that's how, you know, that's where I'm at with, but people assume that there's this equality. Some people are, you know, some people feel that if it's not equal, then it's not true polyamory or whatever. That's why I say polyamory is my love style. I have the capacity, you know, I'm a loving person. I'm about that life. You know, I love to love. Um, I have a large capacity for it, but it is not my relationship style. My relationship style is relationship anarchy because, you know, when I look at my dynamic and stuff like that, it's not like they don't know that my wife is my primary partner, but we have negotiated dynamics that that um, are able to sustain with that in mind. They don't have the expectation of being in the role that my wife is in, nor do they want that, you know? So, and then they have their own, you know, primary, you know, situation. So it's like, okay, cool. We can, we go based off of what works for us. That's all that I can do. But it's not, you know, this uh, equal, uh, same, you know, everybody just kind of on the same foot. It's just not, that doesn't work for me. Um, even when I was solo poly, I wouldn't necessarily say that everybody was equal. I can't say that because I didn't spend like equal amounts of time with each person. I didn't have the same type of connection with each person. So I think, you know, that each relationship has to be, uh, cultivated based on what works for the people involved. So what works for me and my wife is having that primary nesting type relationship. What works for my dynamics is, you know, they already have a primary nesting type relationship. So that's not what the expectation of as that's not what the expectation is of me as a dominant. So, um, you know, that works out, but everything ain't for everybody. And I understand that some people look at it differently. Um, I used to be in a bunch of like poly groups on Facebook and stuff. And I've left a lot of them because people have this mindset of like, there's only one true way to do poly and everybody's equal. And, you know, you have folks who are married, been together 15 years, and then this new person come along and 
they just bring her on in like, okay, cool. It's all good. You know, it's equal. This person is equal. Could not even taking it, you know, despite everything that we've already invested in this relationship, this person just come in, you know, they're good. And I just can't reconcile that. Like to me, that makes no sense. I can't imagine somebody walking, you know, into my life. We like each other. Cool. We're vibing. We have great chemistry. Cool. And then me being like, okay, my investment and my, um, the way that I'm going to engage with them is going to be the same as I do with my wife. I can't fathom that shit, y'all. I just can't because I'm like, bro, we got time in this. We know each other very intimately and not just like in a physical sense, but just in us getting to know each other over the years. Like there's a certain way that you get to know somebody by living with them. It's nothing like it. So we've lived together for five years. So we know each other's habits. We know the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know? And we still deliberately choose to be here. And so I can't imagine having someone who is like new to me, who don't even know me like that, who don't know my crazy, like my wife know my crazy, who don't know, who don't understand, who doesn't understand my mental health the way my wife does, who, you know, just doesn't have that history with me. I cannot imagine, you know, them coming in and me being like, okay, cool. You know, you just going to be on the same level that she's on. No, um, that's just not going to happen. Because this is taking time and I'm not interested in it in that. So it's not something I'm even open to. Some folks are open to that and I'm just not. And if that's, you know, what works for folks, cool. It just does not like I can't <laughs> y'all like when I think about it, it makes me feel away and it ain't good because I just I felt like I feel like it would be very disrespectful to my wife. And maybe I feel differently because my wife is monogamous. Maybe um Maybe that's, you know, the difference. Maybe these are people who are engaging with other poly people. So they have this understanding that, hey, you know, I may encounter somebody else who I just like connect with more than you or whatever. But maybe because my wife is monogamous, I just don't even frame things that way. But the reality is for me, even as a poly person, I just don't look at stuff like that for myself, period. Because when I was solo poly, I still didn't look at it that way. Like, oh, well, you know, all these folks are equal. no. There wasn't, it just wasn't like that. When I um, first started dating my wife, I was dating someone else at the time. And um, it wasn't equal, <laughs> you know, um, it wasn't equal. The person who I connected with more, who was my wife, I ended up spending more time with her. I didn't, I wasn't like, okay, well, you know what? I spent this, um, I spent Saturday with this person. So now I got to spend Sunday with her. No, me and my wife had a good time. Went out, I enjoyed her company. She courted me and I didn't feel like this other person courted me. So I was more like drawn and just, we had bomb ass chemistry. Um, my wife and I just had like this very fun, very fun chemistry. So yeah, I was just like, I like spending time with her. So even as, you know, someone who was, who was like, you know, solo poly or whatever, um, I still, you know, that connection with my wife or, you know, when we were dating at the time was stronger to me. So I invested more in it. I, I didn't spend as much time with the other person. I spent more time with Courtney. I went on more dates and stuff like that. I didn't, it wasn't equal. It was not equal. And I never, um, like proclaimed for it to be. So, yeah. So I can't just say it's because she's monogamous. It's just, that's how I am. Period. I believe in investing. Um, I think that like, the things that we invest in one another are um, valuable and it just means a lot to me. Like if somebody shows the fuck up for me, um, 
and we have that reciprocity of, you know, investing in each other, that means a lot to me. And the reality is my wife was the first person who really showed me that. She, that's the first romantic relationship where I can say, you know, we weren't coming at each other with toxicity, you know, shit ain't perfect. You know, we both have, have and had our things to unpack. Um, but we always approach it with the willingness to do that. And, um, and that motherfucker shows up. Okay. You hear me? Like she just was all about me. You know, um, I think it's, it might be a Drake lyric where he's like been about you and I'm still about you. Like that's her. And so she, she was a game changer. So for me, um, I'm just like, ain't nobody like, I, I can't, um, fathom like disrespecting that or not honoring that. Like, nah, that's, that's the wife right there. So, yeah. So everybody kind of navigates it differently. Um, equality is definitely a, I guess kind of like a hot topic in polyamory and in those circles. And so, um, I left the groups I was in because people really felt like, Hey, this is the one true way to do poly. Everybody has to be equal. You're not really poly. If you're not equal, the other thing that people always talk about is jealousy and if you're jealous, you're not really poly and you should feel compersion. And compersion is this idea of like feeling a sense of like happiness, um, contentment, whatever, at your partner's happiness or whatever. Like it has nothing to do with you. And I just feel like it's ridiculous. If you feel that fine, but I don't think that, you know, just because you experience jealousy that you're less poly than anybody else. So there's a lot of... um I don't know if I don't want to say militancy. There's a lot of rigidity in the pot, like in polyamorous dialogue and <laughs> in polyamorous groups. And I can't get with that. So I left a bunch of groups and stuff like that because I wasn't, I, I don't agree with that. Um, yeah, I just, I wasn't feeling that y'all. I feel like jealousy is a natural human emotion and what you do with it and how you manage it is what matters. Um, Period. You know what I'm saying? Like you can be, I can be a poly person and still experience jealousy, but am I wilding the fuck out? Am I going and running up on people and blowing up the phone and all that kind of stuff? What am I doing with that jealousy? It's not my partner's responsibility to manage my emotions. So if I feel jealous, I need to deal with that. You know, we had, um, earlier in our relationship, one of the reasons why I wanted to take the time to stabilize in a relationship is because, Courtney felt um, some insecurity around me being poly. And so, but she did not put it on me to be like, you need to do this so I won't feel insecure. She did work herself. Now, there are certain things that I did that I felt like um, that I wanted to do as a partner just because I, how I felt about her and I wanted her to feel secure. So there are things that we did to make one another because I had my feelings of insecurity too in terms of, oh, well, I'm poly. This person's going to dip out on me, blah, 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 knowing how I felt about her. But there are things that we did to kind of reinforce it for each other, but we each had to do our own work. That doesn't mean that, you know, if there was any feelings of jealousy or whatever, it doesn't mean that they are, you know, Ooh, the devil, like, you know, you're not really about this life. It's natural. Um, you just got to work through it and you can't take it out on each other. You know, it's like unpack your own shit. So yeah. All right. So I've talked about all of that. I wanted to give, you know, kind of this intro to non-monogamy and what I wanted to do uh, to kind of wrap it up is to mention, I'm not saying any of this to say that non-monogamy is better than monogamy. So I want to be clear about that. Um, something that I see is very prevalent with polyamorous people is that they feel like, you know, if you're not poly, you're doing it wrong. You're repressed and you're only monogamous because that's what you've been taught to be. And I'm like, it just gets very preachy and it is annoying to me, honestly, because I feel like, 
just be in a relationship that suits you, whether it's monogamous or non-monogamous. I think that we all have the right to curate our own relationships based on our own wants, needs, desires, values, boundaries. We have to define it for ourselves. We have to cultivate that for ourselves. No one else can tell you how to do that. If that looks like being monogamous, that is fine. If it looks like you not being monogamous, that is fine. But figuring that out with yourself and figuring it out with, if you're involved with anybody, figuring it out with them, that's what matters. You get to decide. No one can, you know, structure that for you. And sometimes it may change. It changed for me. You know, it changed. I shifted from just kind of being out here. I, I shifted from, I've always been like poly in terms of my love style, but I've done solo poly. I've you know, done open relationship. I've done a little swinging or whatever. I've done a bunch of things, but to end up in the place where I am now. And so we all have to decide, you know, what works for you when you're younger may not, you know, be the same thing that works or you'll just see yourself evolve. And I feel like for me, I don't feel like I drastically changed or anything. I just feel like I evolved as a person. And as I got older, certain things that I was okay with, I wasn't okay with anymore. And then when I stopped being single, instead of just considering myself, I also started considering another person. That's what changed for me. But we all have to decide that. So polyamory is not better than monogamy. You know, it's not better. It's just an alternative. And so I want for people to know like, hey, you have options available to you. You get to decide what you want your romantic relationships to look like, what you want love to look like in your life. Whether that's you have one partner, you have multiple partners, whether it's, you know, you just kind of have multiple sexual relationships, but no nesting part, whatever. However you want to get down, it is your prerogative. And I just think that's very important. So I wanted to end on that note by, you know, making sure that I mentioned poly is not better. It's not some, you know, like award type of thing, or it's not a contest. Polyamory, non-monogamy and monogamy are valid options. You know, do what you do, do what's going to make you happy um, and be ethical about it. That's my thing. I'm like, okay, whatever you decide to do, just be ethical about it. Like, I can't be like, oh, I'm poly, and then I'm out here, I got some other situation going on that my wife doesn't know about. Like, nah, bruh, you know what I'm saying? That's not the, you know, I'm not advocating for infidelity, but I am saying that, it, you know, however you want for your ethical, consensual relationships to look, to cultivate that for yourself and not to let anybody else define that for you. Not to let anyone tell you one way is better than another. Only thing I will say that's better is better to do it ethically than unethically. You know, it's better to be consensual and all that kind of stuff. That is clearly better. So I will make that, you know, I will clear, like say that's a clear um, distinction. But in terms of non-monogamy versus monogamy, one is not better than the other. They're options. Choose what options work for you. All right. All right, y'all. So thank you for tuning in to my uh, intro to non-monogamy. <laughs> I hope that it was helpful. I hope that you learned something or if you already knew all this stuff, then you just like listen to me and that's cool too. <laughs> um, it's been a pleasure as usual. Um, if you have any questions, comments, anything, y'all know how to get in touch with me. You can slide in my DMs. You can hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm all on these internet streets, you know, out here so y'all can get in touch with me. Um, yeah, so I look forward to hearing what y'all have to say. Keep sending your questions. I get so many questions about polyamory, so I'm hoping that this will kind of give a good overview of non-monogamy so that people can start to really think about, hmm, like what could possibly work for me? All right. Um, you know, we are just as, there's just, uh, it's just as many options to us as queer people as there are to hetero people. Um, you don't have to be, you know, hetero. There's not one way to be poly. 
um, you know, queer people out here, you know, doing our non-monogamy thing too. So figure out what that looks like for you. And, you know, I hope that you have whatever love you want to have in your life. I hope you have it or I hope you get it soon. All right. Okay, y'all. It's been real. Um, until next time, I am out. Black Radical Queer Podcast is all about intersectionality and Black queer folks sharing our stories on our own terms. We navigate an array of identities and BRQ is an outlet where we can see the spectrum of those identities reflected, explored, and celebrated. Black Radical Queer is a main hustle media podcast hosted by Javi Nicole, produced and edited by Charmaine Johnson. Music is by Publicity. You can find us on social media by looking up Black Rat Queer. It's B-L-K-R-A-D-Q-W-R. We are on um, Facebook as well as Instagram and Twitter. Same handle regardless at Black Rat Queer. B-L-K-R-A-D-Q-W-R. We also have a Facebook discussion group that's just called BRQ Discussion Group. And you can also listen wherever you get your podcast. So we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, Google Play, you know, all those types of things. And we have, you know, our home base that's on Lipson, so you can listen on there as well. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Make sure you come on back around next week to see uh, what we have for you. And all right, y'all, I'm out. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.